gotta sip the mango juice for us too, yeah. Gotta sip it. Oh. How's the mango juice? It's, it's good. It's a little I, bit thick. Yeah, I brushed my teeth before this. It's kind of minty. Yeah. It should be probably good. Tastes good. No, I had to. I, lo- I was looking for the Goya mm-hmm. mango juice. Except I couldn't find it. This is a naked one. That's okay. But I couldn't like find it. Naked's a good name. Goya juice is better. Yeah. Anyways, good. today we are here to discuss Mission Impossible Fallout. It has been nearly a week or a week, depending on when I release the podcast, since. It came out. Bro, you saw it yesterday, right? Yesterday, yeah. What did you think overall? Overall, I'm glad that it went with the Mission Impossible, like, feeling. I was worried when people were saying, like, this is good, that they were going to deviate and try to go for, like, a better, like, deeper story or, like, something like that. But they went for a real spy thriller. They didn't try mm-hmm. to do anything too serious. Yeah, I mean, you're saying it was more, like, comical. No, no, it, it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like super drama or anything. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it wasn't like they weren't trying to go for too funny. Like that's a, the one thing I really liked about it was like the comedy. It was rare, but it felt okay. It didn't feel okay. like they were forcing. It didn't feel like you know Marvel with their quips every once in a while. It was if it wasn't there often, but when it was there, it felt okay. Okay, yeah. By the way, I forgot to introduce our guest. It's a brar, a brar chowdhury. And if you haven't seen his latest video go please go check it down below technically your first video right yeah technically it's a damn good video please check it down down below <laughs> anyways you. back to the movie um my thoughts i think yeah overall i think it was really good mm-hmm. uh by far the best action sequences oh yeah i have ever yeah. seen in a film mm-hmm. i think ever maybe i mean i haven't seen uh film i haven't seen the matrix or terminate the terminator recently se- series yeah oh you haven't seen them i haven't at seen all? them at all yeah oh, so i feel like okay. i can't really like i that out of the films I've seen, those are I think this by far has the best acting sequences yeah. I've seen. I still have to see Terminator, still have to see Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think seen... I think even compared to those two, I haven't seen those in a while. But even compared to those two, just it could also be because of timing. This mm-hmm. stuff is twenty eighteen. That stuff was you know like a yeah. decade or so ago. That was about Matrix was like ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And Terminator was in the eighties. But anyway, again, I think it was by far best acting sequences I've seen. Um, the only thing I found kind of subpar. And this could be because of a high standard. Is the the cars like the cars ch- chases, the mm-hmm. motorcycle chases, all that? I was like blown away by Baby Driver and yeah. like all the like sort of facts they gave with like, oh, this stuff was like actually done by real people. This was real. This was real. I've, I I feel like that set a really high standard for me because the budget for that movie wasn't even that high. Yeah. So I feel like any movie with the high enough budget and that cares enough could have mm-hmm. done a better job and so there's been movies recently that are you talking about the practicality of the film the practicality and just like I some... mean most of the film effects in this film were practical. oh yeah yeah because Tom Cruise and everything yeah. but I'm talking about as far as like the motorcycle chases and everything it felt like it was so coincidental so many things were coincidental instead of based all on all like him skill. basically running into not just even car. stuff that helped him stuff that you know f- um, escaped him for those you know few seconds a lot of things were coincidental not a lot of it was based on skill and most of the skill was just like him being able to go fast or turn around really quickly okay okay I, I don't know I think I just have a high standard for car chases now after yeah. baby driver my favorite car chase um, sequence is, I've told this to my friends before is overall for some reason I'm not a fan of car chases like no they just yeah they I don't get me. me but yeah no 100% it's because there there needs to be a certain level of like 
edge to it. And yeah. there really isn't for a lot of these car you're just, chases. You're just watching a lot of cars just, just go, go right? and everything. With Baby Driver, you're like, with the music too, it was, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like, you were I think Baby it. Driver was just a lot more satisfying. Yeah, again, exactly. It was rhythmic. It was and going I, with the yeah, music. Yeah, and I feel like movies could do that if they tried. I mean, I think that was Baby Driver's style. That yeah, was yeah, that was their style. style. It, it's not like something unique mm-hmm. it's something that should be okay. a standard I mean I, I for the first time when I walked out of the theaters for Black Panther right yeah. I told this to Rohit Jared and Nicole and um, JP I basically said I've never been entertained by a car chase but the car chase I saw in Black Panther mm-hmm. was the first time I've been entertained by a car chase I think it's because it added the element of someone chasing the car yeah that's what I was so there was also. two cars chasing mm-hmm. obviously with the holographic car or whatever but mm-hmm. You know, Black Panther was also there. He was interacting with the car and the people. It wasn't just yeah. two giant machines going out. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, Black Panther, T'Challa was the machine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so for um, Fallout, I actually did enjoy the car chases more than usual. I, I did enjoy it. I'm not saying they're bad, but I feel like, yeah, no, they were, they were good. They were good. They were entertaining. You just say you've seen better. I've seen better, and yeah. I wish all car chases were like all that. movies were better with such high budgets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, if, you know, it's just a 10-second car chase and like a small movie that's not a big deal but when it's Mission Impossible and you know they were going for crazy stuff so yeah. why not go for a little bit crazy car chases instead of just mm. him crashing and then disappearing into the sewer thing on the butt like I felt like you're saying they, maybe they could have done more maybe not more but showing more skill and less coincidence okay okay also with him the motorcycle not starting they didn't like there was nothing leading up to that, and there was no repercussions other than a, a chase. For the mo- okay, when I when I saw that part, from yeah. the motorcycle not starting, I thought the Henry Cavill's character had something. to No, do with no, that. that's what I thought at first too. But it would make no sense. No, because he needs him. No, because my thing was I thought it was like, oh, he has a late start, so that'll prove to the CIA that this guy is John Lark, right? Like maybe he had a detour. Because my thing was after Henry Cavill's character takes off, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he basically never sees. Cruise until or Ethan in this case until yeah. like they meet up or they rendezvous yeah. right yeah, they were yeah, supposed to go together yeah 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 so I thought that would like add to I guess um you know Henry but in the Cavill's. end it didn't right that that specific scene it's a really tiny scene it's a really about. it's a really tiny, tiny detail scene, detail right but like. Again, for me, it's the way I interpreted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, I thought, okay, maybe he sabotaged it. But then my first thought was why he needs him later. He needs him with later. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about this whole CIA thing. But that's the thing. That's how I thought. But overall, did you like the film? Right? No, no. I think, yeah, people are saying it's the biggest action film of the summer. And I'm mm-hmm. so far totally agreeing. But I don't see, I don't think any film is going to you know beat it. I really doubt Aquaman or anything is going to beat it, but I, yeah, I really did like it. Okay. Mainly because it didn't try to take itself seriously. Now, do you think this is like the main thing that was being said about this film was this is the best action film, period? No. No, right? Do you believe? You I, don't believe I feel that. like I think people are against saying stuff ever because they're it's in 2018 mm-hmm. it's, it's it, this is such a modern movie there's the whole masks things yeah people don't want to call something that's i mean ever and like i feel like those are the same thing though like you're saying it's not one of the best ever but it's not one of the best you just 
I think it's one of the best. But when, okay, when you say one of the best, you're looking at everything. Everyone, yeah. But one yeah. of the best ever is also one of the best looking. ever. You're looking at everything, but you're more specifically looking at these are like the top okay. five, top six, top ten that are like okay, really memorable classics or like you know just really known for their action. I mean, I'm not saying the action wasn't great. It really was. The there was no shaky cam. It was like really smooth. You could. It stayed still enough so you could see the stuff happening. Yeah, and a lot of the times you don't get that anymore. You don't. You really yeah. don't get that, and it's really sad because they're action movies, and then the action is hidden almost. Hidden. Yeah, I felt like Henry Cavill, like for the part he played at the beginning, he played it well. But then when he ended up, you know, the whole twist, I, don't, mm-hmm. I felt like overall I liked the twist. I think it was it was a good twist, but I think there was no sign of him being this mastermind before. There was no hint. Oh, sent. you you didn't think he was the bad guy earlier? No, from the beginning, I really didn't. no. I thought he was. I knew he was doing something bad. Okay. I knew he was against Tom Cruise. I knew all that. I didn't know he was Lark. I think it was good, but my problem with that specific twist was that there was no hint that he was this super smart guy, this mm-hmm. super evil guy. They could have easily thrown in hints, you know, in you know earlier in the movies showing how he's a, you know, mastermind, he's an evil dude and all that. They yeah. didn't. It was kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I saw it as like and I was watching it with um my cousin and we kind of saw it coming. Like you're saying you didn't see it coming or I knew that he was going to do something big. I knew he was okay. a bad guy. I knew he was going to ruin the plan. I didn't know he was actually Lark. I was thinking he was one of the apostles. There was no hint given that he was Lark. There was plenty mm-hmm. of hints given that he was the bad guy. They were pretty obvious they were yeah. there. But there was no hint given that he was the mastermind Lark. Okay. But that's where I'm saying even you missed it. Like if you weren't yeah. like closely paying attention, you you probably you, you could it. miss it. Yeah. I mean, my thinking is People's critique with the film was the fact that it was predictable, right? And they're, oh, no, and the beginning was predictable. And the predictable element they're talking about is that twist, right? The way I saw it was, I feel like the part that was not predictable was the fact that Ethan knew. I think that was the part. I don't think he knew. I think he had suspicions. He didn't I mean, know he was large. He had suspicions, but in the end, his whole reveal, you know, the whole mask reveal thing, right? It's Simon oh, Pegg's character. Oh, that's, that's true, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think know. the part where... Ethan knew that's the real twist rather than just twist, Henry yeah. Cavill being yeah, we, yeah, we all knew right. that I think Alec Baldwin's twist was really good because at the end of Rogue Nation like okay at the beginning of Rogue Nation he was like I hate the IMF take him down yeah. right at the end he became the secretary because they showed him how like smart they are how, how they work and everything mm-hmm. and then at the beginning of this film he's like telling you know Tom Cruise he's like yo you saved one person instead of millions, and that's why I think you're good. Showing him he's kind of like a good mentor, like he's a, he's on the you know. The, and they the show that at the side. end of Rogue Nation. Yeah, they show that they're on the Rogue Nation. So it's sort of like that, you know. They're keeping that flow, and then out of nowhere, he's like, "I have to take you in." You know, the CIA says you're done. Mm-hmm. I have to take you in, and then turns out that was all part of the play. Yeah, ca- yeah. So that twist, I think, was really good. I mean, yeah, the twists that they have yeah. in the film mm-hmm. were really, I think, were great. The first one with the Wolf Blitzer one. Oh yeah, I saw that one coming. You saw that one coming. I, as soon as I realized, like as soon as I saw Ethan getting like mad Pissed for off. no reason, yeah. I was like, no way. There's he's no... been through situations where he's messed up and he's never been this kind he's of. He's been pissed. through worse in a he's, way. Yeah, yeah. With Mission Impossible. I mean, 3. I don't think he's ever directly been the cause of three major religious. I mean, yeah, slowly. but in the third one, but, in yeah. the third one, his wife was exactly, exactly, captured. and he, he he's gone through really really bad stuff, and he's always been able to like keep level headed. Exactly. So I, instantly, I knew something was wrong, and then when I saw they said they said yes to playing the manifest on the TV, I was like, 
it's it's scripted like it's mm-hmm. fake so that that it was a nice twist but i think it was pretty, that it was little bit took me back to the have you ever seen the original mission impossible show first one oh show no i've never seen the show that took me back to a little bit of what they used to do in the mission impossible shows where they kind of used to create these sets yeah for mm-hmm. like these big sets and this big <laughs> scheme and like i think one of them was in the second mission impossible was like a mission impossible reboot show in the 80s where they basically they create a fake hotel like court or something like that right okay. and they go and i saw this actually to, my source is mr sunday movies i was watching on that watching one of those um one of the videos and what he does is like they go six seven eight eight is a room that they want their person to go into yeah. nine ten right yeah. whenever the guy i think checks in for a different number they basically take all the numbers off yeah. and they renumber it so that like they did that in uh what was the was that was that rogue nation no that was the no, one that was ghost protocol ghost protocol that's what it was called that they did that in that movie too they had that machine that changed the numbers of the thing oh yes i remember that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i they do that a lot. Yeah, the whole set thing. The they whole also, set thing. Was... It's also that they can improvise. You know, mm-hmm. they're not spending that one set with Wolf Blitzer and everything. That would probably take a lot of money. Like if the movie was real, it would take a lot of money to set up those walls, mm-hmm. the bed, the high, get the person, get you know, all that. That would cost a lot of money. When they're in the actual Burj Khalifa, all they have, you know, is that one machine. Yeah, it shows even low budget. They can create their own. But I was set. talking about like creating like the actual. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, parts of it. That was really cool, and that kind of like was a take that because I've seen, I've seen like a lot of episodes of the original Mission Impossible mm-hmm. show, so that was like really cool, and um, it was frankly I think a unique twist to mm-hmm. I liked it. the film. But in terms of predictability, I mean some elements, yeah, but overall I wouldn't say it was predictable. No, and like, yeah, the whole third act wasn't predictable at yeah. all. That was that was like who would have thought Kashmir would come back? Like they mentioned at the beginning, right? No one would think it would come back, you know, with the whole medical base and everything. No one knew that was coming. The whole mm-hmm. third act completely, I don't think that was predictable. So I think there were predict- predictable parts, but it didn't take away from the movie. My dad got so happy with when they got to Kashmir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> India, he was like, he was smiling. <laughs> and then he like laughed and my mom laughed. And then like something was, because I was at the end and I just looked down at my dad. And they like, said at the beginning too, they said India controlled India, Yeah, I remember that yeah, too. Yeah. And my dad, I think that's when the rain, one of the main reasons he watched Ghost Protocol like seven years ago was because it was it was like a small part in India and Anil Kapoor was in it. Oh. <laughs> so he was like immediate I need to watch this. But I think again with Kashmir and their locations yeah. and it's one thing to shoot in a location and it's another thing to like really capture the essence of that location. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they really with Kashmir and everywhere they go I think not just in this film, but with Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol, especially those films, they really they take advantage of these locations they're going to. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like a lot of films or American films don't necessarily do that. They really don't want to either. The, yeah, they, they don't, don't want, want to spend the time. Yeah. On that. Because if you see like Bollywood films, right? Yeah. One plus I would give Bollywood films is the fact that whenever they're shooting in locations they genuinely take advantage of it and they just capture the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I truly appreciate about Mission Impossible. I think it's also because a lot of films don't film on set. They'll, they'll be like, oh, we're in a place in Russia, but they're really in a place in like oh, yeah. Kentucky or whatever. That's true. <laughs> I don't think anybody films in Kentucky. <laughs> no. I, I, I now it's like, of nowadays it's like Atlanta. Oh yeah, it's or, just, or like I'm talking about like northern sort of like cold, you know, white areas, but it's like sort of 
Because there was like, like for example, Game of Thrones. Sometimes they don't shoot things in like that area. They come, they make a mm-hmm. set, and they use like castles and stuff in yeah. America. So it's, I think it says a lot of them just don't care, don't feel the need to care. Another thing, cool film where they took advantage of the location was Walter Mitty. Oh yeah, no, that, that was, was oh man, that was a great, another great film. So those cinematics, they were great. So I think overall, the director Christopher McQuarrie, I think he genuinely he knows how to direct an action film. Yeah, you know, I, like, I think that's yeah. And it's not nowadays, especially you can't just say like that around. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot yeah. of shaky lot of cams. Problems. That's t- yeah. You know, and you would think people would learn. Mm-hmm. That's one of the yeah. biggest complaints about actions, action sequences now is that it's the shaky cam. People don't care about like. Like, I remember there used to be big complaints about, like, feeling of impact, right? Yeah. In certain superhero movies, you see these superheroes, cars get thrown at them, and it feels like they're ragdolls. Like, it was nothing. They just brush mm-hmm. it off and keep fighting. In this movie, uh, Lane hits the girl. I forgot uh, her name. Elsa or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. She with, he hits her with a log in the face, and you feel, feel it. Feel yeah. And she's out cold. And that kind of stuff, like, it's good. It shows impact. People used to complain about that stuff. Now all I hear people complaining about is shaky cam because they just want that out. Yeah. And they've done it. They've done action sequences without shaky cam. Mad Max, for example. Mm-hmm. People just, I don't know why certain directors don't take from that and learn from that. I agree with that. And th- that problem came from the Bourne series, right? That's true, yeah. Because the Bourne series, in my opinion, is one of the greatest action mm-hmm. trilogies. I'm not counting the two editions, <laughs> but if you're looking at those three films, yeah. those, I think, are one of the greatest action films made. Yeah. Especially, I think, Ultimatum. He, The director was able to, Paul Greengrass was basically able to have a balance between shaky cam and what you, like you, you said, impact, right? Yeah. Supremacy, it's a little bit too shaky, but mm-hmm. he mastered it. People need to learn to master it, and if they don't have a grip on it, they need to just let it go Forget and it, focus yeah. on what they're good at, yeah. their own style. Be- okay, I think shaky cam isn't even meant for like artistic style anymore. It's just meant to hide sloppy action scenes. That's what's been said a lot of the times, and I agree with that. Because, I mean... It's lazy a little it's, bit. It's, no, it's so lazy because you could honestly... Throw three punches. You could, you don't even need that much choreography. You can throw three punches, punches, cut, and just the entire time shake it. Just keep cutting, cutting, cutting. Yeah. Keep shaking it, whatever. It's it's the long one shots like in Daredevil, right? And that one was kind of different because he went into rooms, but he still fought in that hallway. But it was that long one shot. Yes, right? that was so cool. That, if a TV show, if a Netflix <laughs> show can do that, why can't a multi million dollar yeah. blockbuster? Why can't they do it? I don't. I can't answer that. I'm not the studio, or I know exactly. I'm not the director. I think, and the worst part is, is the movies that have that. The focus is supposed to be the action, mm-hmm. but they don't. And yeah, you know, we need a good story. We need good, you know, character development, and everything. But if you're gonna be selling an action film, give yeah. us good action. And I'm not just talking about two big names fighting each other like most superhero films are now. It's it needs to be quality if it could be any two people and we want to be able to watch it basically or any group of people one thing i was we were talking about like born ultimatum the born series and earlier the matrix and terminator do you think this is the best action movie franchise made okay i think 
Mission Impossible has done a good job at keeping a certain consistency level. Okay. With action, with the whole heist mm-hmm. theme sort of thing, with Tom Cruise, obviously he's hasn't you know he's still the same basically. He's still doing the crazy stunts. He's old now and he's doing these crazy things. I feel like they've been really consistent. Consistent is consistency is important. Yeah. And they've only gotten better. I think might be one of the best franchises. Maybe not story wise, but if you're talking about just action, then. Play I think so. They've, they've, yeah, they've done a good job with it. Um, in my again, I haven't seen Terminator and uh, Matrix, which are on my watch list. I think I think Matrix time. would be better just because of the the ideologies, really? the stories, and okay. everything, like the philosophy of it all. But the action again, I think, just Fallout beats the action in there because a yeah. lot of it was. I mean, I'll tell you right now, a lot mm. of it was kind of. It's not really a spoiler. A lot of it was kind of like video game fighting. Just hordes and hordes of like them coming and one guy beating them all up. Yeah. It was, not every action sequence was like that, but there was one like that. And I feel like I would rather have, you know, Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise fighting the one guy, you know, and the, you know, playing off. They, they, I think that, by the way, kind of a tangent, they did a good job on that because they really didn't have chemistry before, right? Mm-hmm. They were new. They didn't really like each other. And during the fight, they didn't have chemistry either. They were doing completely different fight styles. They weren't really helping each other or bouncing off of each other, but they were still fighting together, right? Yeah. I think that was really good. So that's completely different from some of the action shots in The Matrix, and I think those are better. But as far as movies go, I think Matrix, you can't say The Matrix isn't better. Okay. What was your favorite sequence in the film? That's a tough question. Um, I'll tell you right now, I did not like the third act because I felt like they kept throwing stuff at us. Yeah, it was we'll like get one to that. thing after another. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you're looking for entertainment, if you're looking to be on the edge of your seat, if you're looking for the adrenaline rush, that's it, right? Just mm-hmm. keep throwing stuff one thing after another. But I don't think that was my favorite. I think my favorite was more... I think the part where he's with the white widow and the, and they're like we're gonna you know put the two trucks out kill everybody and get it because it tests his character it tests his character yeah. and it also shows that he's smart and he ends up changing the plan anyway you know he rams the truck throws him into the mm-hmm. water Benji and them get it I think it shows that he's really good at heart he's a good actor in, in the movie and I'm not talking about Tom Cruise I'm talking about Ethan Hunt he's a good actor and he's smart too that he can come up with this alternative plan so yeah. quickly in one night what it was right and pull it off too i think mm-hmm. that was I, it wasn't one i guess scene it was two parts it was, it was a character driven scene you're saying yeah, yeah it, it was, was action there was uh um, but there was action too I mean, there was action but it wasn't just that it wasn't and that's why i think that was yeah. my favorite i think it showed a good side to who ethan hunt really is. i think this film definitely showed his character like they've yeah. all shown his character but yeah, this yeah, one sure. like it shows a little bit that he, it looks like he's like aging. I mean, we know all oh, no, 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 no. Tom he, Cruise in his fifties, but like, even it felt like the film was trying to show, yeah, yeah, for sure, that he's aging and his character is showing, and that's what I really liked about it. Um, my favorite sequence actually would have to be the skydiving scene. Oh, where he saves, yeah, okay. I mean that sequence. I again told my cousin after the film was like, it's as if the director reach into my mind like my six-year-old mind yeah and pulled that out like, yeah i used to like do that stuff like jumping off of couches and yeah. that exact like <laughs> sequence and uh, i was watching it i'm like oh my gosh yeah and it was practical <laughs> my only uh like critique for that was that it was kind of dark and 
you couldn't really at first catch that he was trying to get his oxygen tank to the other guy. Mm -hmm. You could easily once he starts messing with the stuff. But at first, at least for me, it was hard to see what he was doing. I didn't even know that his oxygen thing was gone. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where he took it off or something. At for the little part at the I beginning, yeah, I, I couldn't either. see. Yeah. It was just really dark. But considering overall the sequence, I think it was it was good. Him changing, it kind of made me mad. He's like, I think you're missing your oxygen tank. That was funny. <laughs> that was. I made me mad because I was like, he just saved your life. Like that's the kind of stuff. If you tell them, they're like, oh, you saved me. You even though you're supposed to hate me, you saved me. Okay, you know what? Like you could have let me die. Yeah. Like Henry Cavill should have said, you could have let me die. And easily gone through the mission. I don't think he knew exactly. He didn't know. Yeah, that's a thing, yeah. and that's what makes me mad. I wish it's kind. Of, I guess it's all about humbleness but, and everything. But in know? the end, the guy's also a bad guy. So yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's just. I guess it wouldn't matter at all. Okay, imagine if Tom Cruise couldn't do it and he died. Would the whole rest of the movie not happen? Because he's the main bad guy. I mean, what kind of question is that? <laughs> of course, <laughs> they have to make the mo- like keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so this is what Long said. Long was supposed to come, except he had a family emergency, so he wasn't able to make it. But he sent me, he was very kind enough to send me his thoughts on it. And this is what he said. So this film is my favorite summer blockbuster. Just peak textbook definition. Mm. Action isn't mindless. While there isn't a sense of danger in seeing them fail, there's always a feeling that one of their lives are at stake. Cavill played a great villain, hated him, hated him, sorry, <laughs> The moment he started talking. Oh, no. Character interactions were fun and a lot smarter than the norm. The twist in the middle got me because I expected the IMF team was dumb. Oh, okay. That's what I kind of said. Yeah. With the twist. Um, anyways, continued. All in all, an amazing film outside of, outside of a few weird lines of dialogue. Like, I'm a rootless killer. I killed children and a woman in smallpox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those made me cringe. I think that's a good, I think, assessment yeah. of the film, or at least what I felt about I, it. I, but I think that line was meant to be kind of cringy because he was trying to show that he his line isn't a kill. Because he needed to play the character yeah. of a ruthless killer. So, yeah, the line was kind of cringy, but it kind of needed to be to sell the character. I mean, that's another uh, problem I had with the film was the dialogue. And yeah. Cavill came off a little bit like his acting wasn't no. too great in the beginning. No, no. It was like it felt like he was a typical "I'm the bad guy," right? Yeah. And then what was? Oh, the entire scene with him talking to the CIA. Yes, I was about to bring that that up. He's like, like he says something, and she's like, "Oh, can you prove it?" And I'm like, "What? Like, Like, who wrote this?" And no, and then and then he just hands her the phone, and then that's it. That's it. Yeah, I was just like, okay. Okay, honestly, if they took just that part out, changed nothing, and just took that part out, Mm -hmm. it would be the same. I mean, that okay, no, sets they did up mention, the whole... That sets up the Yeah, conflict. never mind, never mind. That does mean, they do mention it later. Okay, so... No, but even then, what if they just refer to it but not show it? Basically, take out the dialogue. Mm. Because I'm the dialogue was it. the bad part. Not, not the actual what was happening. Him giving the evidence, him accusing and then giving the evidence to... But you're saying just Alec Baldwin reveals that there's evidence. Yeah, maybe. Okay. To, to avoid the whole cringy dialogue, that whole scene being a little I think weird. it might work, actually. It might work. might actually feel, add more, a little bit more intensity to it because yeah. you don't see you what's don't coming. See yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. I mean, also it comes, comes out of with, nowhere. But it depends on the pacing because I'm not in editing room, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Pacing is also a huge problem with modern films. What do you think about the pacing overall from the beginning oh, to Fallout? End? I thought Fallout's pacing was excellent. Okay, I thought it honest. was pretty good, too. Yeah. I was kind of worried. I was like, I'm liking this pacing, but should I not be liking it? Is it too fast? Is it too slow? Oh, okay. I was having... Like, I was like... I was like, I am liking it, but why? I know the 
pacing that I thought was the weirdest pacing was Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That pacing yeah. was weird whenever whenever I first watched it. Like I think you talked about this later. I think at some point, and I think I realized that. But I think again for me at least in the moment, mm-hmm. I think I was so taken aback by some of the other things that I wasn't really paying attention okay. to the pacing, which I think maybe they thought maybe they thought pacing should be at the I back. Mean, you can tell there are deleted scenes oh, based and, off the pacing, yeah, yeah. and there were like quite a bit mm-hmm. of take like deleted scenes from the last jedi mm-hmm. but anyway this is about mission impossible mission i'm saying <laughs> but comparing it to other um pacing was excellent but overall thoughts and rating what would you give it? i think for like overall like all movies i'd probably give this a seven or an eight but if you're looking okay. at like action or and thriller and spy and everything probably a nine or a ten so what's your actual like Eight and a half. Solid. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I. I mean. Even, okay. Honestly, with the story, the nuke thing is kind of basic now. Yeah. It's always nukes. They maybe could have done something different, but even then, the story wasn't bad. It was like yeah, decent. It, it, it was, was decent enough. It, it did its good. job. It did its job. Yeah. So I think at that point, it's probably it's an eight, eight and a half for me because of the just the action and everything. I think the whole love interest was a bit forced. Okay, so I was about to get to that. Okay, let's get to that then. My pro- okay, so I again, I thought it was a really good film. Yeah. Um I was going to give it an 8.5 also. Perfect. And my negative is the whole uh di- is a dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And I get that the wife was introduced, right? I get it. I liked it, but whenever she went to help uh, Luther, yeah. that part I felt was like a little bit forced. Like they were forcing her on the audience. I think okay you finish your thought and then I want to that's my thought that's your thought okay my overall thought was I think her whole being there was forced because I the way I interpreted it was she was there to add suspense to the bombs being there now he has something else to lose his wife or ex-wife or whatever but there was no need He's kind of came out of nowhere. It came out of bit. nowhere, and there was no yeah. need for that suspense because there's already a lot. His whole team is there. Um, there's people there. There's doctors there. It's mm-hmm. gonna cause a big reaction uh, thing with all China, Pakistan, and India. They're they're you know gonna starve in it. There yeah. was already enough that intensity, at stake. Yeah. Yeah. So her being thrown in there after that's what was my initial thought in the theater when I got home and I thought about it. I was like, you know why they probably did that to close ties. Exactly. Over. Yeah. So she wouldn't have to come back. Because I felt like they were just trying to end a story arc. And her, yeah, sub-story or whatever you want to call it, a story arc. With her, they want to show that she's moved on. Not yeah. necessarily moved on like, I don't like you anymore. More moved on with, I'm glad where you are. I'm glad where, where I, I am. am yeah. And that, that's what she basically said at the end. And But my, my thing was like, Mission Impossible 3 did such a good job with that chemistry between yeah. um, Tom Cruise and... Uh, Julia. Julia. No, yeah, Julia, Julia, Julia. Okay, so Ethan Ethan, what is it? Ethan Hawk. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Hunt. Ethan Hunt and um, Julia. But, my like, I want to feel that atten- intensity again when she's reintroduced and that, too, she's being hidden from the films for, yeah. like, two to three. Like, she, she made a cameo appearance in Ghost Protocol, right? But yeah. overall, she's been hidden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree with the fact that I wish there was just a better payoff. To this story, like, I get you wanted to wrap it right, yeah. But don't just—I agree with you that don't just throw it on the audience yeah, just because yeah. you want to wrap a story. Yeah. In the third act, with all the climax and the bombing and everything, like, 
it was already there, right? Yeah, if you're gonna, they just threw it in. If you're going to add that whole, like, I think, closing the wife arc, yeah, make it gradual. Make it in the next film or something like that. Oh, is there a next film? Did they already, like, decide that? I don't know, most likely, though. Okay. Because I remember reading that they wanted to do, like, three more or something three like that. Three more. Because the way I see God. this thing going down is, like, James Bond. I feel like they're not going to, like, necessarily get a new okay, but I, Hunt. Are they, will they ever do a reboot of Mission Impossible? I hope not. I hope <laughs> There's not. no reason to. I think they should just, like, no Ethan Hunt is done, move on to the next character. But the one thing is, this is sort of, like, the day and age of reboots. There's so many reboots yeah. that are happening. And then there's, you know, Mission Impossible going strong. Maybe there won't be a reboot That's 10 what years I'm in hoping. the future. But then again, because that whole sort of idea of rebooting goes away and original ideas are coming yeah, back. Yeah, because now Hopefully. people are getting a little bit tired of yeah. reboots. They know it's not working financially, also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In some cases, they are. But, um, but yeah, I thought again overall it was a really good film. I just the dialogue, the presence of Julia. Yeah. Um, that just didn't make sense. To I was me. also confused by like Ilsa at the end. She she was the sort of the next love interest. That's right? what I was. Like, I don't feel it. I yeah I. I feel like people aren't there for them. Yeah. Like in Rogue Nation, there was there were people at least for me. They were, we were like, there's something there. You know, yeah. they they're good friends at least. Mm -hmm. But then in this movie, I felt like if you ignore what would happen in Rogue Nation, if you just looked at um, Fallout, there wasn't that much there. Yeah, it just sort of teased that something there, but mm -hmm. it didn't show anything there. And then film should never really rely on the last film. Film, you know, for something to, for something small yeah. and like a detail. If you want to do like a big thing, like Lane coming back, okay, fine. You don't have to you know reintroduce him, but something like that love interest between him and Elsa that should have because been you yeah, I agree. It wasn't built that much in the last one. It wasn't even. And they're just the, and yeah, you like the director is hoping that you remember that small part yeah. in the last film so we can carry it on in this one and make it a big thing and that you care end. I feel like a lot of things like they hope that you care they hope you mm -hmm. care about Julia they hope you care about Ilsa they hope you care about Luther and them I mean you should because Luther has been there for all the films he's been for every single film he, except the no he's been there in all of them yeah, yeah. the fourth so, one however he was kind of like near the end was he there for the second one I don't remember the second one. I don't remember the second one. I just one, yeah. flat out don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He was there at the end for the fourth one with uh. Hawk yeah, that's the fourth one. He was there at the end. Yeah. The second one, I don't remember if he was there or not. I just try not to remember the second one. <laughs> it's not a bad film. No. Not a good film either. Yeah. Um. But again, overall, really good. Was Both. there a heist scene in this film? Was there a heist? Because there, was, like you know, the first one with the whole him coming down. Down the that, that was the scene, one yeah. in uh. There's the Rogue Nation one where he's in the the mm -hmm. water place. Was there one in this one? I don't think there was. No. Okay. I, I like heist scenes. But there's still the whole... No, there was a lot of stuff in the yeah, movie. Yeah, there's still the whole, like, you're trying to yeah, yeah, conspire yeah. against... Oh, the heist scene was lame. But it never went through. Yeah. So, okay, okay, that's cool. But yeah. Because heist scenes are pretty important to Mission Impossible. I mean, I never saw it that way exactly. No, I didn't see that. I'm just seeing that I right just now. felt like it was the way that they basically got through the great amount of obstacles that are present yeah yeah yeah. that's how i saw it i didn't see it as a specific heist film yeah um, oh also speaking of love interest i just remember this the white widow apparently she also liked him there was too much stuff there that was she, weird yeah she liked <laughs> no. him she was flirting with him and then she ended up kissing him i mean i didn't really see that as a love no, no 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 it wasn't a love interest she liked him she flirted with him I know you could that. see it and then she kissed him but there was no need I just for felt like that was forced I, that, that was forced I, I think all three of the love interests were kind of but I didn't, to me I didn't see that she liked him 
either. I just felt like, and even if she did, I felt like it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. It wasn't, but why would it be there at all then? As a joke. I thought it was just as a joke. As a joke? That's a long-running joke. No one one laughed, laughed. yeah. (laughs) It was more awkward. That whole kiss was pretty awkward. Yeah, it was like, why? (laughs) Yeah. It was like, she was so She herself was awkward about it. She like went in and went out, sort of walking away. Because to me, I felt like that was a play. I genuinely thought that was a play on um, the whole force kissing thing during spy films and shows you've seen the oh, type of deal you know? like it was done yeah. oh like a fourth so wall I, say, break like, I thought it was a joke so i appreciated it but no one laughed because they were just like what the heck is this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. was wasn't there another sort of made meta joke in there i feel like something else they they made another joke at the window when he's jumping out the window what is it what do they say it was one of those meta but it was more like why aren't you like? What are you doing? Like you expect? No, no, no. There was there was a joke in there that I fast. thought was like really made it like like they were specifically doing it to make poke fun at spy films. Okay. Uh, maybe I forgot it. I'll, if I remember it later, I'll bring it up. So, what would you like to see in the next film? I think okay. If you wanna go with the whole idea of the films are showing Ethan Hunt aging, you know, maybe show you know. Okay, so. Which uh, James Bond movie was it that he was like out? Like he got shot. He was Skyfall. Out. Skyfall. He couldn't shoot and everything. Remember, mm-hmm. he was came back and he couldn't even shoot a gun. I want to say something like that where he falls and okay. he has to come back, and maybe he doesn't even fully recover. Depends on if Tom Cruise lets that happen. He's yeah. I, that, now yeah. you're telling me that there's three more films coming. There's no. I mean, way I'm not sure. I still remember from reading a source from three years ago. It may okay. have changed because when I looked up looked it up now, I'm not getting anything right now from Mission Impossible yeah. yeah. Seven. Okay, so. If it were up to me, right? I think now would be a good time to end it. End it on a high note. Fallout mm-hmm. came out. You know, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. These were good, right? Yeah. I think it's time to end it. End it on a final, more dramatic note. Have action there, but sh- go more into character development into Ethan Hunt. Maybe okay. now he becomes a secretary. Okay. Because what I was thinking... I want to see him fall. I want to see him come back. No, I want to see him... Like, I want to see more of a character-driven film than the one we got. Yeah. Even though, again, the one we got was done well. Um, What I wanted to see was, in the beginning, they set up a really cool concept, right? With the whole three nukes going off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was thinking, like, what if that was just part of the story? Ethan messes up. He genuinely yeah. messes up. Yeah. And now he, I thought it was introduced as a concept. I thought it was really cool. And when they took it away, I was like, I kind of liked it. But, okay, we'll oh, go with what they have right now. Oh, to see him being in, like, having guilt. Guilt, yeah. Because in a way, he I, does I, I, have I guilt. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's the kind. I, I mean, maybe it's because they haven't shown it, but I don't think he's the guy to have guilt. He's the guy to get, not revenge, but... Fix it. No, but in this one, he does have a little bit of guilt from the fact that he saved Luther instead of, you know... He had a bitter means. guilt. They could have explored it more. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they haven't, and they haven't before, they didn't and they haven't before, I don't think he's the kind of guy for guilt. I want to mm-hmm. see him as he's physically, he can't... Like, I want to see him, like, get shot in the back and, like, he's... He, he can't... Like, he gets shot in the spine. He can't move his legs. His arms are twitching. Like, he, I want to I want to see him physically... Because we've seen him mentally. We've seen him emotionally. He's pretty stable. Yeah, physically, I want to see him fall. Okay, I mean that's what I would want. No, I'm saying like that's a cool concept, but maybe a combination. You know, like a mission goes really bad. Oh, and he also gets injured, and he kind of goes like into hiding. 
Yeah. And you know, once again So both both mentally he's scared, he's yeah. guilty, and physically he yeah. can't. Or maybe the mentalness like the mental like part of it. Part of it is yeah. holding him physically back. Yeah. He's too guilty, he's too scared to fire another gun. Or fire yeah. or throw a punch. And or then whatever. again, you know the government after him. <laughs> yeah. That that always happens. Every single film. Yeah. But this one it wasn't like it didn't feel tiring as much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. See, I was kind of in the back burner. Back, was yeah, good. and they arrive in the end. And yeah, everybody's saved. But um, what I don't want, okay, because I personally think Fallout was a part two to Rogue Nation. You kind of need to see Rogue Nation. You kind of need to know who Lane is. You kind of need to know who Ilsa is. You yeah. need to know. What I don't want is a part three. I yeah. want them to stop, stop with talking the about Lane. Stop with the syndicate. Yeah. Stop with the apostles. Start the next movie with hey. We got all the apostles. We cut it all out. We stopped yeah, it all. Yeah. You know, don't worry about how we did it. Here's the next thing. Mm-hmm. So speaking of your like whole um, a character more character driven yeah. film, there was an idea from Christopher McQuarrie that he basically said in the writing process he had an idea where Ethan takes on the identity of John Mark, which he does in this film, right? Yeah. But it forces him to do things that go against his nature. His beliefs, right? So the part where he had, where he was the dreaming of shooting the cop, yeah. he actually has to do it. Like in a way, like okay. that, right? But yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. But the, then he was like, you know what? Dir- the director scrapped it because this is a team-driven film. This films, these films aren't just about Ethan anymore. They used yeah. to be with one, two, and three, but now it's more about the team, team right? Yeah. But would you have liked to see that type of film instead of the one you got? Or are you satisfied? I think it would have been a worse film because it's really hard to pull off Ethan having to turn into a bad guy and then coming back to be a good guy. Because mm-hmm. how how do you redeem yourself from shooting? No, that's that's the thing is he is playing as a bad guy. Yeah. But he's still the good guy. Okay, so then... No, yeah, I understand. So then wouldn't he need to do bad guy stuff? I mean, or is yeah. he going to do more trickery and not do bad guy stuff, but still play the bad guy? If he has to do bad guy stuff, you're kind of lowering him. You're dirtying him. Because how does he redeem himself? It was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of both. I, think I mean, every agent, I think has be to do, every agent has to do questionable things. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But they've never flat out given him a situation with, you have to do something that's flat out bad. And I feel like mm-hmm. it would be hard to make that film. If they could do it, it would be really good. Oh, but so I you're just, saying I don't the, have the audience themselves would not be able to, um, like, I guess, appreciate the character like they did before. Yeah. Okay. Because they would be like, you've, you've done these bad things. What do you mean you're going to just be a good guy again? Yeah. And it, they could do it. They could do it. I don't have the confidence in the, the people making the film, okay. the producers or whatever. So... Say the director doesn't return for the next Mission Impossible, that maybe they are making a Mission Impossible, which I feel like they're making a seventh one. Okay. No, they're probably making a couple more, right? Yeah. They're not going to stop now. But which director would you like to see take on the next film? I think, okay, this is going to be kind of contradictory because I'm kind of saying I want the next one to be him falling, but at the same time, the next director I want to see is Justin Lin. He did the Fast and Furious movies, okay. Star Trek, Beyond, like Beyond and yeah. all that. And I want to see even crazier action stuff. Because why okay. not? You know, if it's working, it's working, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Why not go even further, see even more crazy? Combine the crazy stuff from Fast and Furious, combine the crazy stuff from Star Trek with the crazy stuff that Tom Cruise is doing and wants to do. You know, he obviously wants to do more. Put it all together. Yeah. Um... 
Because pe- people that's like the visuals. One. People like the But spectacle. I feel like that'll be a safe decision. No, that, that is a safe that's one. That's not a, like... In my opinion, I feel like Mission Impossible 3, people don't think... They think it's a good film, but they think it's lesser than the ones that have followed it, right? But for me, again, Ghost Protocol and Mission Impossible 3 were more character-driven films. Yeah. And Ghost Protocol Call was a film where Brad Bird, the director, made it a team film. Yeah. But then again, the characters also had a purpose. They, it felt like still a character film. I'm not saying these films don't feel like it, but those felt like character films more. Yeah. So, Justin Lin, Star Trek Beyond, I thought was really good. Uh-huh. Um, Fast and Furious fun. I mean, Fast and Furious films are fun, right? They're fun. That's what I'm trying to go for. But. And if you're going for a, uh, that's safe again. It's, safe. It, it, it's it's taking Fallout, doing the same thing, just making it crazier. Yeah, make more spectacle, more crazy stuff. You know, with a bigger budget, all that. I feel like for me, my choice would be Adam Reed. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who makes. Have you heard of Archer? Yeah, yeah. He's the creator of Archer. Okay. Oh. And the reason I'm going to this is because Tom Cruise, you do the one who chooses the directors. Brad Bird mm-hmm. was the director of Incredibles and Ratatouille. Yeah, and he directed Ghost Protocol because he understood that fi- animation isn't just a, it's not a genre and The Incredibles is basically not just an animation film it's an action film it is. and there's a if you study The Incredibles they basically use the same film techniques the pan shot the wide yeah, shot you know, yeah. that um, live action films do so I feel like Adam Reed even though um, Archer is a comedy yeah. and a satire maybe they should go for more of a comical I mean, that's the thing is, Mission Impossible isn't full out like dark. It's it fun. They're fun, fun films. No, it's supposed to be fun, but I'm saying go for funny. Maybe do some funny stuff. Say some funny things. A little bit more, but not too little much. Bit more. Too not much. Too much. Too you don't want to take yeah. away from the action, but maybe they and could do also a more. the tone. I mean, even though each like director's brought their own tone to the film, yeah, there's still kind of like a base. No, that's what I'm saying. Thinking, is yeah. Mission Impossible is pretty consistent. That's yeah. why I feel like it is one of the best. But I feel like Adam Reed would do yeah I didn't think about it that was yeah maybe I think you could do a good job yeah Adam Reed or the guy who directed um let me sorry I forgot he directed Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde oh um oh okay what do you think about a rated R Mission Impossible film a rated R Mission Impossible film I wouldn't dig it I don't know because the film I think the whole point is yeah the fun the going with your family the plot still has to be good but it's a yeah, film yeah yeah I wouldn't. No, I don't think he's doing it. Cause yeah, rated R movies don't use don't work for every single movie. Just turning a movie rated R doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be good. Yeah, because after Deadpool, everybody's like, oh no, it looks like we can do it for every superhero. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but they probably shouldn't. David Leach. I hope I'm saying it right. I'm sorry if I didn't say it right, but he does a really good job with action and mm-hmm. directing action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be another safe choice. But to add more of his own style, I feel like I would go with Adam Reed. Yeah, I got you. But I like that idea. All right, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the talk. Um, overall, again, we thought it was a really good film. And everybody say you're excited to see the next one? No, yeah, I am. I, if so. they can keep it up, unless they completely drop the ball. I mean, they haven't dropped the ball for, yeah, they for a yet. while. Yeah, They've been keeping so. it up since 2006. But there's always that that, that that thought that, hey, the next one could fall. But again, they're fun. It's not something like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till the next one. Oh, yeah. Possible, no, you know? no. It's something more like, oh, hey, it's coming it's up. It's coming up. Cool. I'll, have a, I'll have a fun, fun day. Fun time. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, then thanks to Brar for joining me. Again, please go check out his video down below. Thank Let's you. plug it real quick before you have to leave. Okay. How long did this take you? So it took 30, the trip was 35 days and I filmed almost every single day, right? Okay. So in total I had 907 videos to choose from. And then it took about a couple days, maybe three or four days to comb mm -hmm. through all those videos, choose the ones I want. Then it took maybe three, four more days with average maybe two hours each day editing to get it done. And then that last day, I spent maybe an hour, an hour and a half just going through it again and again and again, making sure there wasn't anything I want to change. Then I uploaded it this morning, uh, which might not actually mean this morning, August 2nd in the morning and obviously started promoting it today. So. It's done well. Yeah, it's, it's done pretty well. I think it is because of that. Uh, uh, the, new, the new tagging yeah, I feature on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Getting it out more. Alright, cool. Well again, thank you for joining me and you will you will hear us next time. Is that oh, yeah. is that it? Alright, yeah, you will hear us <laughs> next time. Cool.